And a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a very warm welcome to this special evening this evening. We will be discussing the topic of NDEs, near-death experiences. Uh, first of all, I must just say to everybody uh, tuning in, firstly, thank you for joining us. Secondly, unfortunately, uh, one of our guests, Rachel, bless her heart, she's um, had to... The day that every pet owner dreads, unfortunately, was today for her. So thoughts out to her because it's such a uh, emotive time. However, we are joined tonight by wonderful Ron Cox talking to us from Florida. Good evening, Ron. Hello. Welcome, and, everyone. <laughs> and Jamie Elwood, who's talking to us. Jamie is the president of the Exeter Spiritualist Centre. Yep, that's it. Great. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I need to remember titles. Yeah. Um, and Jamie has done an immense amount of study and indeed has been with us one night uh, sharing information about NDEs. So Ron is our guest this evening from the perspective that Ron had his own personal NDE. So we will be talking very shortly uh, with Ron about the actual mechanics, forgive my expression there, Ron, of what it was, what happened to you physically. But then we'll be going more in depth into uh, the actual experience itself, followed by the after effects. Now, I know a couple of people who also have had NDEs and it is absolutely fascinating similarity between the tales from people is number one. Absolutely. That, that's enough of my waffling. Very good evening, everybody joining us. Thank you so much. I see Daniela. Good evening, my darling. How are you, Christine? So we have Italy. We have Stockholm. We have the UK. We have Scotland. We have Denmark on. So wonderful. Isn't this wonderful that we can reach out all this distance and be together so thank you everybody for joining us please remember those viewing if you do have any questions at all please just type them into the comments box i have a little baby here who wants attention apologies that's all right a really lovely little baby i love them they're beautiful uh yes so if you do have any questions at all please type them into the comments box and time allowing we will uh raise these during the course of the evening so ron sir if i may start hello. with you please yes please could we just get an understanding for people watching the actual physical events uh when you had this nde what was the sort of like in you don't have to go into deep deep detail but just what was that physical experience for you well what led me to my nde was i had a massive heart attack i had what they call the widow maker that only 5% of the people who have a Widowmaker actually survive. And during it, I know I had probably four to five heart attacks before this actually occurred. And of course, by this time, I'm already at the hospital. They're already taking care of me. 
Um, the doctor was arriving and they're starting to roll me down to wherever they had to roll me to. They get me into the room and I know they're working on me. And uh, the last thing I would remember was he just, he just interviewed Bev. It's the last thing I heard. I stepped out of my body and was standing right beside the doctor and right beside my body that was laying on the current. I could see what they were doing to me. I knew where every doctor was positioned. But I instantaneously knew that I had just died. It was it, it was such a profound realization that I had just stepped outside of my body. And I was seeing the doctors working on me. Now I saw the doctors. I, I didn't really see my body laying there. I knew my body was there, but I didn't look at it. But I also knew I was in this place, which I now know they call the void. Okay. If I wanted to focus my attention on the void, my attention was on the void. If I wanted to focus my attention on me back in the room, my attention was back on me in the room. I didn't have to turn. I didn't have to do anything. It was a thought. Of course, we know that during a heart attack, your body's going through extreme, extreme, extreme pain. The second thing I realized after I realized that I just stepped outside of my body was that all my pain is gone. My body wasn't hurting. I felt complete. I felt whole. I felt healthy. I felt very energetic. And again, I was just. Many people describe a, a sense of expanded awareness, more real and real. I knew everything all at once. It wasn't like I realized that I, I just died. I knew my body was okay. I knew exactly where it was. It was instantaneous everything all at once but it's like it is there is still a physical part of the mind left that slowly processes this through in a step-by-step -step for us so we can better comprehend it you know but it was the realization all at once of everything instantaneously knowing I had so many family members standing next to me and so many different presents standing next to me. Even though I physically could not see them there, I could feel them. I could feel every individual that was in this void with me. Hmm. And the most incredible one she just stepped up because that's how she always does. It was my mother. My mother was the one who came out of 
let's say the spirit crowd of spirit people, she was the first one that stepped out and said, you're okay. But it's not time for you to be here. You have a lot of work to do. And after that, I remember instantly my thoughts going back to my spouse and my dogs and me saying, no, 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 I can't leave them yet. It's too early. Now, how long I was there, I can't tell you because what seemed like a very long time if I look at the doctor's charts, it was a very short time. But the information and the understanding and your perception completely changes. Okay? Because here in this world, yes, I've gone to church. Yes, I've studied the Bible. Yes, I believe in the Bible. Yes, I try to believe what people tell me until I can formulate my own opinions. But it's like you go from a believing that there is life after death to an absolute knowing and nothing can shake that foundation of it. Okay, mm -hmm. Because once you've been there, you can never deny it. You, you can never deny that connection. Just, I think even if I did, they would keep coming back to me. Could I ask you, that there's a huge amount of information just in that opening uh, part there, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty as well. It's much appreciated. You said the void. Now, that struck a resonance with me. In in an easy layman's term, what what how would you describe the void? Going into the room, closing all the doors, drapes, and curtains, and turning off the lights. Thank you. That the door the door may separate me from the people in the other room, but really the door is not the obstacle for me to know that they're there because I can mm -hmm. feel their presence. So this this was a sense of blackness, was it? Because lots yeah. of people report that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I said, unless I was looking at the hospital room, right. unless I was looking at the room that I was in, then I could see everything. I remember this doctor had on this funny looking cap, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and they were actually strawberries, a black cap with weird looking strawberries all over. And I thought, well, that was really strange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, what would so, be the significant of strawberries on a surgical hat? <laughs> so so that, that, that wasn't real or he was really wearing one with imprinted? He was really wearing that. <laughs> yeah, well. I find that absolutely fascinating. Uh, many years ago, I went on a physical week uh, course, and in one of the meditations, I it was later described to me by the uh, course facilitator who was speaking in trance. I went to a place, and I was not very keen on it. I just it the only way I could describe it is 
the total absence of everything. You know, if we shut our eyes, we still see sparkles, don't we, behind our eyes? Yeah. This was there was nothing there, and that that really wrong-footed me. I was not sure about that at all. And I remember saying, I need to come out, I need to come out. And I did. But the circle leader in trance afterwards was going around, got to me and went, you have touched the void and you needed to know that. And I thought, hmm. Yes. And when did you, just, you just sparked that memory when you yeah. used that terminology. As I was... Well, I can't because everything was so instantaneous, mm. you know, and the knowing of everything going on was so instant. Do I know if there was a time where I was in the void where nobody was there with me? I, I can't say that I do or I don't. I don't remember that. Um, I just know that I was surrounded by a lot of people. And yeah, I experienced a lot of death in my life. But the very prominent figure was my mother. You know, and go ahead. So do, do you think this void is the cause of why some people um, feel that they have a, a, a distressing NDE? If they go into this blackness, now often people will just feel this tremendous sense of peace. But do you think the fact that it's all black and all dark, um, that actually perturbs them and therefore they interpret it as a, as a, a, a frightening NDE? I could see that. I could see that because... Um, it, it, it's I, I, because your mind, becomes, your spiritual mind is going all over the place, I think. And, and yes, although I did think of my husband and my dogs and I got set on that feeling of them, I could see where they could get set on that feeling of nobody's here. I'm scared. I'm not sure what to do. Mm. sort of scenario okay especially for non-believers especially for non-believers can you imagine a non-believer going over there and not knowing what's going on and how frightened they would be yeah well even for the believers i must say that yeah I, my experience just on that on a meditative level it didn't frighten me but it really wrong-footed me because there was nothing uh, yes, nothing of everything. It was like that's the only way I can explain it. There, there's no stars. There's no light. There's, yeah. there's not. Could I feel my body? Yes. Did I look down to see my body? No. But could I feel it? One hundred percent. Daniela I could feel here. my legs, I could feel my arms, I could feel my torso, I could feel every inch of me. But I never, I don't ever remember looking down to see what my body looked like. Yeah. I'll say Daniela here has just put a comment in. Uh, she also has had an NDE. Thanks for sharing that, Daniela. And she's saying, I can resonate to Ron's experience here. It, it, it is fascinating the number of similarities that people have had. 
Mm -hmm. uh, not every story is the same. However, there are these remarkable similarities going right. through. Right. Jamie, uh, you have the notes there from Rachel from a previous study with her that uh, yeah, she's currently yes. yeah. sharing tonight. Yeah. Is there anything in those notes relating to that that particular moment? Not, not to the void. Um, uh, even Alexander, um, I think, referred to it as an earthworm's um, eye view of it. So, so that seemed to me a similar description. I'd be interested. I mean, can we bring Daniela in? Would would, would she be interested? And she can she can give us um, some. If you're willing to, Daniela, my darling. Uh, I'll send you an invitation. Uh, it's a very simple process. And it's coming out to you on Facebook Messenger. So uh, carry on talking while I do this. Okay, so, so, Ron, can, can, can you tell us... Um, the, many people feel an experience of, of peace and of intense love. Did you, did you feel that? <sighs> Obviously, you did. That was an expression on your face. It moves me to tears. Mm -hmm. Never felt like anything like that on this earth ever. No. Never. No. We couldn't comprehend it. We literally could not comprehend it. I am. It, it's so incredible. The only way I know how to describe it is as a medium. Sorry. No, no, no. That, that's, that's actually really wonderful because that shows people quite how emotional the whole thing is um, and how real it is. Um, As a medium, when I'm making contact with my communicator for my spirit or for my sitter, when they blend into my body, I feel this incredible sensation of love coming through me. Are those that are there and I always say to them because my body is full of goosebumps I always say I wish you could feel this yeah I wish there was a way that I could get you to feel the amount of love that is coming through the spirit world for you because I can tell you even though I was in my spirit body even though I had no real form, you feel that. You feel that on such a level that is, is absolutely incomprehensible. Tony Woody, I don't know whether you've seen on YouTube his uh, NDE, but I, I, I quote this a lot because I think you'll understand why it's so wonderful. But he said, uh, imagine um, receiving all the love from all the mothers who have ever lived coming at you all at once doesn't come close. So no, no. I mean, it, how do you feel something penetrate your spirit body? You can feel it penetrating. Uh, yeah. It felt like it was penetrating through my skin, but it wasn't my skin. I don't, I, I just, I don't know how to describe it other than the most incredible amount of love you've ever known in your entire life. And you still.
still can't put words to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this many times as an evidential medium during work, and I know there's a number of evidential mediums in the room tonight and probably concur that when a medium from the platform says, oh, and they say they love you, they're not saying that. They just whoosh it on you. Yes. And you have to vocalize yes. it. Yes. You can never do it justice. It's no, you like, can't. Bang. It, it's... I've got, I've got Rachel's, um, oh, this is a communication I had with her afterwards, um, uh, you know, when we were discussing it um, before the talk I did, but um, she says, the love out of body is incredible. There are no words in our language to describe it, but to try is an incredible thing. To attempt to bring that otherworldly love into the physical is both challenging and beautifully empowering. I remind this, uh, people of this love that it exists and they don't seem to question it once they felt, heard and seen it showing through my responses. Many people have never known even a fraction of this love. Similarly, many people are unaware that they have a soul or that they possess huge power and strength. Once they better understand this, they better understand these experiences and lessons and opportunities to better know themselves. And I think it's just a lovely, lovely, um, lovely thing. It's yeah. beautiful. Teresa Braga here brings up a very pertinent and valid um, statement and she's addressing you Ron she says it gives me comfort Ron to know our loved ones feel this emotion when they pass thank you for sharing yeah and that is you know and that nobody here or anywhere that's had it is special we are unique to ourselves but we're not special so right. that process for each and every person uh, is there. It may obviously go down its own life path, but that initial feeling that love. We have the wonderful Daniela who is joining us. I don't know, Mr. Aylwood, I thought I was the one that kept dragging people in. <laughs> <laughs> Daniela, my Hi. darling, how are you to join us? Good evening. Thank Good evening. you for joining us. Thank you. Um, I don't know how much uh, I realise logging into StreamYard can be a little bit pedantic at times. Yeah, I had to rush to get the laptop because I was on my phone before and apparently you need to have Chrome or something. So yeah. I thought I had to organise myself, so it took me a little longer to sign in. But no, once I got your link, actually, it was straightforward. Wonderful, wonderful. And you're speaking to us tonight from... I'm based in Surrey, Southeast England. Right. I don't know if you heard much of uh, what Ron was saying when you were running around getting the laptop, but he was <laughs> trying to express uh, that feeling of love that came. Yes. In. Did you have yes. a similar? Um, after I kind of understood or got around to understand what was happening to me, um, I had this um, reassurance. Um, and um, it, it was quite emotional, a bit scary at the time. I could see myself on the operating table. Likewise, I could see the doctors uh, down below and I could fly, fly, well, I was floating. Um, by the ceiling, and I 
like temporarily moved on to the corridor of the hospital and then I came back and um, I could hear everything they were saying. Um, I was only a child at the time. I mean, we are talking about um, probably eight, eight years old. And um, there was this element of reassurance and I think it was a presence at the time I I could only identify it um, as as an angel, um, but I, I don't remember very much. But I remember this sensation of floating, mm. and uh, to be completely without any pain, um, and I remember the darkness as well. I remember that darkness, um, and I was, although I was like in spirit, but I was feeling very cold. Um, at the same time, so it was, um, I don't know how long, again, like Ron was saying, you have, you lose completely the sense of time. So I, you know, could hear them, you know, talking about even having a laugh while doctors, you know, operate and everything. Um, and uh, obviously, um, I was told that at some point afterwards that I had some breathing difficulties, so they might have lost me for a little short instances, I don't know, but this is what happened. Yeah. And can I ask, did, did you have a life review in your experience? What do you mean life review? Well, lots of, lots of people, not everybody, but quite a number who have NDEs experience every second, every thought of their entire life. Um, and I uh, see what you mean. And mm. to ponder, you know, about the right and the wrong and things like that. No, because I think at the time I was too small. Yeah, yeah. I, I was only eight years old. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I, this is a bit difficult, but um, indirectly, I have experienced something extremely powerful last year, mm -hmm. um, uh, exactly about a year ago on the 1st of April. Um, my uncle dying of COVID and uh, basically I intuitionally, I knew he wasn't well, I connected to his soul and uh, it all combined time-wise afterwards with the time of his death because I texted my auntie at the time he was dying saying that I was in touch with him. Yeah. So what happened was that I got, I, um, uh, I was with him and um, he was, I knew that he was sort of in coma, so I thought probably I was accessing that. And he was in a very, very dark place, like not place, but room sort of thing, you know, in spirit. And um, I said, um, uncle, don't worry, I'm here with you. And I said, can you, see, can you see grandma? And he said, no, I can't see her, but I'm a bit scared. I don't know what's going on. And I said, don't worry, you are being looked after because I could see spirit waiting to, um, they were all around him, but he couldn't see them yet, but I, I could. And I said, look, they're all here. Don't worry, very shortly, you might be able to see a light, but don't worry because, and, it was like a waiting room. That's the best thing I can describe. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. It was a waiting room and suddenly there was a light, um, like a tunnel light appearing. And then he said, oh, I can see them, they are here. But I'm very scared because I don't know what's going on with me. And I said, don't worry, uncle. You know, I'm here. We are all around you. You know, you you will, you know, you will be fine. And um, and that was so emotional. I mean, I mean, that I experienced it, that I could feel the sensation, the closeness to my NDE, actually, what he was going through. Mm -hmm. He he was passing, he did pass. Um, exactly in, in those 10 minutes I connected to him via the text messages I, I had been sending, I had prepared a grid around him to support the light around him and everything. And I, I can see that as I'm talking, I'm just blushing and I'm becoming a bit emotional, but it was an extreme, never happened to me ever before. And um, it was like a very unique experience to be there and uh, to be of service to him. You know, and uh, to understand that he was going through. Yeah. Now again, you know, these these deathbed coincidences or communications are really really common. I mean, it might be, it might be useful just to just to go back to to this business where both of you um, were able to um, witness things that were really going on. You know, just for, for people who who are watching, we need to understand the significance of this because when you have a cardiac arrest. Uh, within seconds, the blood supply to your brain shuts down. Okay. So, so if the brain were to create consciousness, the brain is out of it, completely and utterly out of it. And yet here's two people um, having memories that are formed when their brain is out of the way and expanded awareness. Um, and, and, you know, it just shows that, that you know, and if they were hallucinations, they wouldn't be seeing things that were right. Okay. No. And, 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 Our uh, brainwaves stop. I found out through research, my own research, that the moment you have a massive heart attack, everything cuts off. Typically, where a dying person, their brain waves will keep going on. Only in a massive heart attack does everything all of a sudden stop. So you're right. How could I have that experience if I had no brain waves? Yeah. They could not be dreams. They could not be hallucinations because yeah. there are no registerable brain waves. Yeah. Also, yeah. in this time, uh, we had a conversation before we went on air this evening. And Ron, you brought up yourself about this um, communicating with people not uh, predicting their passing, but just having that knowing, that understanding. And uh, when Daniela's story was coming out there, I was just thinking, oh, my goodness. It's very similar. Very similar. Um, Finally, you say that, Laurie, because there is a story about my grandfather. Apparently, he knew exactly that he would have the next Sunday because, and that came to be known because a neighbor that was walking past that he came across said something about the next weekend. And he said, well, I'm not sure about that because I will not be here any longer. And, um, 
and then I, when I did a bit of research in the family, I found out that my grandfather did have some psychic and medium skills, but in those days, in the 20s or 30s or whatever, you know, they'd, probably people weren't talking as much <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. No, 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 don't bring that uh, up. <laughs> he knew exactly. He, and uh, based right. on his knowledge, which he trusted, he told my grandma to go and sign a document with him because he wouldn't have been around any longer. And she would have missed on his pension once he had gone. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Really good. Um, would, would it be an appropriate moment to, to read Rachel's ND in, in lieu of her absence? Because um, then. Right yeah, just one sec, for please, Jamie. Uh, there's a question okay. coming here from Sue Townsend. Oh, right. Yeah. I see. Just bring that up. And Sue's asking, we often speak of spirit as light, yet in the void it appeared velvety black. So were you as a spirit momentarily absent of light too, or were you aware of any light anywhere at all whilst in this space? So, Ron, you said when you were there... Um, when you folk, when you put your attention to something, it was there. When you put your attention, but when the attention wasn't there, there was, as you described, the void. And Daniela, you're describing there your uncle, um, and your experience there at that time with him, because obviously your attention is on your uncle. Therefore, you, obviously yeah. you can see your uncle. Mm -hmm. I, I just find that. Absolutely. Do you know what? There's a whole lifetime of study just in that one small area. Is this, is this some sort of, uh, I can't find the terminology that's going to be, you know, I don't want to belittle this experience at all. Mm. But at that moment of passing, you know, do we wake up in the spirit world fully cognizant? Or do we have to go through a little bit like when we're born here on Earth? We come from the womb through the channel into the world. Is that process somehow reversed that when we go? My understanding is that yes, that yeah. we are. We need to start from scratch again. Hmm. Um, and also, uh, we don't see right away the spirits and the light around us. Um, as I called it, and it, it was my experience, um, there wasn't such a thing as a light, or uh, I could feel the presences, but I couldn't see the light of there. I, th I think it's quite important to stress and emphasize here for people listening. We, we are human beings, and we naturally associate light, good, dark, bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just the absence of everything. No. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's like you've got a complete clear blackboard. There is nothing. Well, I don't think. I don't think I was velvet black. No. I, I, I was the light in the void that was calling to other spirits to come to me. Right. Right. You know, is is that our calling? As when we transpire that. I don't know, maybe we become this certain color light in the void. So 
other spirits know where we're at? I mean, if we're a medium and and children are attracted to us where there's something going on in our upper being, our higher self, am I triggering off a light for all these children to come around me? Well, am I triggering off a light when I cross over for all the spirit world to come around me? Or is it automatic knowing in the spirit world that they know I'm getting ready to transpire? Mm-hmm. I just know it was instantaneous, but I can tell you, I don't feel like I was velvet black. Mm-hmm. Even though I was in the void, I could still see. How is it you interesting? I, I, I could see, but no, I couldn't see the spirits, but their presence was in such a way That's that it. I could see them through perception of the energy. Mm-hmm. You understand that, Daniela? Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you. It's difficult to describe it, but it's as close it as it is. gets. It yes, is. Totally. But it's not... The light of the operating room wasn't filtering through. Um, but yet, you never turned. You never turned around. If my thought was there, I was there. If my thought was back to where I was with my mother, that's where I was. There was no turning. It was instantaneous like that when the whole picture would shift. Do you understand that, Daniela? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This Do you understand what I'm saying, gentlemen? Do you know what? I don't think we we may comprehend what you're both saying but I don't think we'll ever fully understand it. When you two are talking there, absolutely no disrespect whatsoever. You're talking a slightly different language to what everybody else is talking about because you have had that experience. Mm. Yes. Where, you know, if if you were to try to describe verbally an orange without saying the word orange, you would struggle because... To verbalize it, and where you two are, I'm just fascinated by this, that you are on that slightly different energy to other people. Not detrimental. Please don't think that. It's not detrimental, but it's, it's just so intriguing that your experiences have put you into that place where actually probably you two don't really need to talk that much because it's just there. And whereas we are trying desperately because we've got to put it into our 3D mind and try and... Well, we have to overthink it. Yeah. We put way too much thought into every process we do. You know, making a pot of coffee is not that hard, but we still don't want to do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, great, the last thing I do before I go to bed is I have to make the pot of coffee. Yeah, what do you think, sir? Sorry, did, did you say me? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that you're paying uh, attention, love. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, well it, it's interesting. And they often say love and light are very similar uh, mm. or are the same. Now, is it that, that 
immediately you get out of your body you're just in this plane that there is this lack of of love because people often will go through a tunnel towards the light where there's love and then when they come back they 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 they, they feel this absence of love is it just the plane that we're in i mean this is just an entirely this is a question off, off the top of my head really because if there's this blackness yet you you're ron you just mentioned the light with that was you within this blackness is is that what it is yes. yeah daniel says yes ron says yes. yeah but there is no separation between the time that you step out of your body to the time that you probably enter the life review you experience that love all of a sudden all yeah. at once yeah the moment you step out of your body it is there yeah and and yeah absolutely yeah it's i had an abused childhood i didn't i thought abuse came i thought love came in forms of abuse you know, if it wasn't physical beatings, it was verbal beatings, or it was being grounded for this or that. Yes, I'm 56 years old, but it still affects me. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, <sighs> sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Don't worry. I about think that. we. I think we are light inside. That is the truth because. Yes. We are like this battery of light, if you like, that when we leave the body, the, I just don't remember coming out. I just know I was out. Instantaneously. Instantaneous, exactly. And then I was like this um, firefly, you know, like kind of thing, uh, just like in the room. You know, I had lost my 3D body. Uh, actually... Uh, if you like my aura, I, I could sense myself having the same shape, the same height, the same everything, but I wasn't, I wasn't in my body, basically. So I was maintaining the same light energy, and I was energy myself. Uh, as we mentioned before, I could sense there were presences around me, but I couldn't see them, but I could perceive them, and I wasn't scared. I was more scared when I came back into the body and I thought to myself, what the heck did just happen? Mm -hmm. You know? And when and when I, I mentioned to my parents, they just like thought, oh, that was just the anesthesia. Yeah. And it was brushed off like that because I was a child. Yeah. But that experience stayed forever. And that's another wonderful thing. Because you were a child, no doubt you hadn't heard about NDEs before you experienced one. So where did you get this information from if it wasn't real? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd heard about him. Did I ever study him? No. Did I go into any great depth into him? No. My my focus in life had nothing to do with spirituality or anything else prior to. My life beforehand was all about me, 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 me. Yeah. So so I think Sue would like to get on to, to the changes. And um, I mean, I've heard some from you, Ron, but how has NDEs changed you? Um, I, Laurie, Laurie can, can I read this 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 one from from um, Rachel because um, you know I, I think it'd be good to have two people who've had NDEs um, comment on on it. Mm -hmm. Please do, 
please do. So, you know, people have got to remember that every NDE, NDE is, is different. It's an individual thing and that there are there are patterns, but not everybody has the same thing. So um, Rachel actually had a, um, a life review. You know, she, she her NDE was caused by her giving birth and it didn't go well. So she says she briefly hovered over her newborn baby, hoped she'd remember me, then I was traveling. It felt like I was shooting through a tunnel, but I couldn't see any sides to it. It was dark, but illuminated. I was not alone. I could sense a presence with me. I was tumbling forward, upward at an unfathomable speed. It felt like wind all throughout me, inside of me. I likened it at that age to being on a roller coaster, that rushing feeling. It was wonderful. I felt so light, so free. Simultaneously, I experienced this fully and watched myself experience this with clear vision from a little distance. I can still see myself tumbling if I concentrate on the memory. As if I was staring at a giant screen that filled the whole of every which way I turned, the movie was my life from birth to death, every minute of it. Every event I had ever experienced, I watched it and relived it. It was at this point I realized that time did no longer appear to me as it had in my body. It was as if I were projected into a moment or dragged through time backwards before forwards to refill. I witnessed at this point the abuse I had experienced and suppressed as a child as well as out-of-body experiences I had at that time and at night when I was laying in my bed. I could see myself flying out of my body and I remembered. I watched my own poor mistakes and learnt from every reliving. I watched myself as a child bitten by a guinea pig and in shock half launch it onto the sofa. I felt shame at this time because I felt the fear of the guinea pig. No one condemned me. I was asked only, what had I learnt? I was comforted at this time, consoled and reassured. I'd learnt so much, how big an impact my seemingly small actions had on a large scale, how my choices and behaviour rippled through the lives of countless others, how the love I showed spread like wildfire, how the way I mistreated others through the lives, uh, sorry, the way I mistreated others deeply hurt and affected them, and also how that pain, fear and confusion would then impact on the lives of others too. In the time I spent this reliving, I developed a deep gratitude for many things, the experience of life for one, the people and the hearts that had touched my soul in beautiful ways and the fragility of being human. I think that's incredibly powerful. So so what, what are your comments on that, um, Daniela and Ron? Well, I've Sorry, Ron, you can go. I'm going to say ladies first. <laughs> it's okay. It's, I'm, I'm quite brief, actually, because I didn't experience any of the tumbling and rolling and um, yeah, no. mentioned earlier. Nothing. Mm. Nothing like that. It was literally me moving from here to here. That's all it was. You did mention it was dark to begin with, which maybe was, was that void bit. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That's what I did. I shifted from my body to the void. In the blink of an eye. And it was just that gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something, what about in, something in her statement really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. 
And it's almost the same as with you, Danielle. And it, it resonated like this is a new type of birthing experience. Going through the tunnel to the lights, what, what Rachel described, what you described, Danielle, is almost like a birthing experience. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And I, I just, I don't mm. know why it just stuck out to me so incredible with, especially when you started reading, reading Rachel's. Is that what we're doing? We're being rebirthed into a new world? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, I, I think this leaves you with more questions than answers. And the more you try to seek help, the more answers that come out that you need to ask. So what, what, what about the changes that, that you feel that your experience has had um, on, on you? Because, you know, these things, they happen so quickly, yet often they're really profound. Mm. How have you changed? Has, have, do you well, feel changed? I, I feel I've completely changed. I'm a completely different person. Um, I, I told you before, I, I was a clairvoyant dreamer all of my life until my near-death experience. And now, instead of dreaming, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling spirit in my everyday waking moments. I I saw two dogs sitting in my my uh, uh, room where I had my client at earlier. I wasn't in the frame of mind to go and start sitting down and immediately start doing a reading. No, I was shocked when I walked through that door and saw those two dogs sitting there. That's how vivid it is. That's how much everything has changed for me. And. And my mediumship has just continued to change and grow and grow in leaps and bounds. Yeah. When I go into meditation, I feel like I'm instantly there. Can I compare it to before? No, because I didn't meditate before because my life was about me. It wasn't about service. Now my life is about service and helping others understand what I experienced to help possibly give them a little bit of my knowingness so they at least have enough strength to, and, and, and encouragement to help them make it through the rest of their life and through their struggles. <laughs> Danielle, you're nodding away agreeing with that. So, so you're <laughs> It's like the same thing when I then grew older into adulthood and, uh, you know, between that near-death experience, I started, actually, it's quite interesting, I started seeing spirits as well around me. And, um, I mean, uh, the most powerful one probably is um, about a school friend of mine who died um, of a car accident uh, like 6 p.m. in the night and she came and visited me 
um, in my sleep, and I, I swear, I opened my eyes and I could see her there, and um, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is that when um, I started going into spirituality, which came quite kind of late in my late thirties, um, I when I went for the first time to SAGP for transmediumship, it just came to me as if I done it so many times before and I couldn't understand how, you know, and um, connection with spirit at the moment is coming, you know, from strength to strength, basically, you know, and um, the, the way I could, uh, I can feel here, I've got the five senses activated even, so it doesn't matter if I touch an object, I can see, I can hear, I can feel it, you know, you name it, I've, I've got them all, you know, like I just work, you know, across all, all of them. And um, it's, um, it's very powerful. And uh, this is just like Ron was saying, for me, it's a lot has to do with now doing service and give hope to people. And for me, also, philosophy comes along with that, with mediumship, because there are some messages that with mediumship, um, it's beautiful to, to give hope and uh, to bring comfort to the beloved ones. But at the same time, there is a part of it, which is philosophy, which, you know, you need to talk to people to help them understand. Because rightly enough, as you mentioned before, we have experienced it. So we need to try and put into words, you know, that message that actually does exist. It's not made up. No. It's no. not made up. We are it. I am it. I am a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Can, I, can I say something really quick? Yeah. I, I just really feel like it's very important for me to say something here really quick. Okay. Our lives is about experiencing every experience that we can possibly have and absorb. Our life is, is a culmination of all those experiences our characters are a combination of all those experiences but without these experience in our lives what would we have to take back to source that is why we are here and that is why it is very important for us to live our lives to live our lives, not by society's standards, but by our very own standards. And to enjoy every facet of your life. No matter how deep, dark, and depressed you get, you're still learning something. And even after you come out of that and realize what you've learned, it's still an experience and it's still enjoyment in life, no matter how hard it may be. So it is very, very important that we realize that these near-death experiences are something that happened naturally and not something that we have caused by trying to take our own life. 
That is not what we're here for. Yes, everybody struggles. I understand people struggle and go through that. Please, dear God, please, I am here with no judgment, just open arms. If you're struggling, reach out. Reach out to somebody because suicide is not the answer. Life is. Mm. Okay? And, and no matter how depressed you are, you are loved more than you could ever possibly imagine. It, that there. Thank you, Ron. It, it is it's something of a paradox in a way, isn't it? That this um, brush with death, not being demeaning, but just as a terminology, this brush with death actually brings in so much value of life. Yes. And the Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. It makes me realize how important, like, Danielle, you were born with an ability. I was born with an ability. It makes me realize how important this ability is to share with as many people as I possibly can. Absolutely. is not about helping you solve your life's problems. That's and your you know, free will, and I cannot interrupt it. But my mediumship is here to show you that life continues after this thing that we call death. There is no death. Our energy continues on. Look at M equals MC squared. If you need proof, right there it is. Okay, but it's about the messages your mediums are giving you, whether they're spiritual, philosophical, evidential, healthcare mediums. It's about life and the enjoyment of life and that we continue on after this. The evidence is in the validations from the communicators. Yeah. What do you think, Daniela, my darling? Well, you know what? I have noticed that the, the new generations are much more tuned in. Yes. With new energies. Mm -hmm. um, comparing to the old paradigms that belonged to our parents and grandparents. Yes. And I can see I work like in schools because I'm a qualified teacher. And uh, you, I, I mean, it's like unbelievable what you see from these students in secondary schools, how much they are sensitive to energies, how much they believe, yeah. you know, they call it indigo children, crystal children, mm -hmm. and all of that. And they are, it is true, they are far, far more tuned into the new energies, and they do, do believe in the afterlife far more than people in my generation or even the previous one, all the way down to the grandparents, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. I've heard um, a couple of 20 year olds talking about going out clubbing and where they go to drink or where they go to socialize. And they said, well, you know, we don't go to many places. We only go where we really like the energy. <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, I love that. Mm -hmm. I actually love that. You know, we're not yeah. going there because it's the in place. We're not going there because it's where we should be seen. Yeah. They just, they've got this 
inherent understanding mm -hmm. i go there because the energy is great and i enjoyed myself yeah and it was just said as a just a glib statement but i thought that's quite yeah. profound that yeah. really shows something there and uh, i have worked several times because i'm also a qualified crystal therapist i've worked several times with teenagers and a lot of them have admitted that they hear or see spirit mm -hmm. so i am a medium and i give messages but at the same time I love to work with the new generations because I feel in a way that my role is also to help them carry on and develop these, because in 20, 30 years down the line, you know, our work as mediums will be completely different. I can tell you that for sure, because these new generations will know far more mm -hmm. than our parents and grandparents did. Yeah. Yes, they, and they do. I mean, it's... They need support. They need support. Yes, they, they do. Knowing how... And that's I, what I they do. I into a couple parents that their children are very intuitive. They see spirits. They can't walk down the street for the family walk because one little girl will see the old woman that lived in the house and starts waving to her and talking to her. And people are, like, looking at her like, what's going mm -hmm. on? So... I'm working with the parents so the parent can understand so they don't do like my mother did and shut me down and say, don't talk about this to anyone but me, which yes. made you very afraid of it. These kids today, as we're teaching our generation about mediumship and spiritualism and the other side, guess what? They're the ones that are going to be teaching us in the new ways and the new philosophies a spiritualism because everything changes and evolves mm -hmm. that's what this is all about the evolution of the soul we can't expect our philosophy to stay the same way it was in 1850 it has to evolve yeah yeah Brilliant. if we want to if we want to stay in that the only people we're hurting is ourselves I just wanted to, you know, going back to what we were talking about with our NDA experience, um, the one thing that I must say that it's it's given me the, my, my faith and uh, everything that happens to me, no matter how hard and how difficult, you know, I, it's, I'm a human being, so I need to process those through the emotions and all of that. Right. But, People tend to say about me that I'm very strong. I'm not very strong. I just had just had an NDE. Mm -hmm. Yes. That yes. gives me a completely different perspective, perspective. on things. Yeah, there are lots of common factors with, with people who have mm -hmm. NDEs. So they come back and they, they so tend to shun organized religion. They, they tend to be um, to, to live life to the full and, and also do more for charity. Does that does that ring a bell? Does that, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, does... I, did, I did get something like that after I was being diagnosed uh, when I was 28 with a 
long-term lung disease and apparently I had only two, three years to live. And um, obviously it turned out that, you know, both science and my, my science advanced and my case wasn't so bad at the end of the day. But it is true that when you feel like you're coming in contact with, with death, um, your approach to life and what you do, you automatically start giving to others. And that's what it is, because you understand that, you know, you want to do all you can to help others, because helping others brings you out of yourself, which is mm -hmm. what we perceive being the love of God, mm -hmm. the divine. And that's what the love is about. It's about giving. And this is, and that's, Laurie, as we were talking earlier on in our chat um, before the video, you know, like um, holistic, you know, mediums and healers, you know, we are automatically givers. And we give and give and give. Sometimes we need to learn to just stop and heal ourselves as well. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's to do with love, and there is this huge amount of love that comes from you, and you want to try and help others before you go. But not everyone have has this opportunity right. to experience this. Right, yeah. Ron? Right. You're right. I, I, I know people in my near-death experience group that even though they know certain things, they've come back with mediumship skills, they want nothing to do with that. Like, how can you deny that? How can you deny such a natural state of your being? Because we all are, you know? And how can you come back from after experience on all of that and not truly believe in all of that? They are in denial. They're in the yes, they're in they're denial. denial. They are too scared. Well, I know people that have gone through this five different times. I've only been through it once. Hmm. And I one gentleman I talked to he's experienced it five different times. And he's still not in the full realization of it. How I maybe that's the lesson. That's his lesson. That is his lesson, yes. Yeah. Yes. Some people need to experience the same trauma over and over again until they get it. Hey, and I'm it's just not glad gonna I, go away. I'm just glad I got it the first time because I never got anything the first time in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understood that lesson the very first no, time. <laughs> we don't need that. We don't need that repeating. Thank you. Is it, you know, we've all sat and seen people dressed up in whatever fashion, whatever, however they want to dress and however they want to express themselves. And if you're out in a restaurant on the street side, you'll hear other people commenting about it. I think I'm no, no longer judgmental. It's like, I'll let him live his life. He's having a fabulous time. I must say, we live in a, in a society, fortunately, society is changing a lot these days. Yes. Unfortunately, not for the right reasons, right? Yes. But we can sense in a modern society, 
how the mentality is opening up because we've been hit by COVID big time and a lot and this has shifted mm. a lot. Mm. It shifted a lot the society. People were forced to go inside within themselves. Mm -hmm. First of all, and now the war in Ukraine, horrible, such a disastrous, if I think about it, I become emotional again. Right. I mean, how can the society ignore this? So one way or the other, we are all becoming aware that, that you know, we need to come out of our egoism and start giving and supporting <clears throat> others. That, that is really interesting. That is, yes. Um, during the COVID era, many, many, many people uh, were forced to face their mortality, which is something we never did. Yes, correct. Um, you know, how many people on here tonight have got their wills written out? <laughs> Combination. And I had that done before my near-death experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we were forced to face our mentality. You and people yes. like you have actually experienced your own mortality. And mm. how fascinating is that? You know, we have seen that shift in society. Sadly, I keep seeing it shifting back to where we were in many cases. But mm -hmm. a lot of people have learned through just living through the COVID era. But right. As I say, people like yourself there, you've experienced your mortality and you've experienced that all-consuming, unexpressible love. It's what, what, what about this feeling of interconnectivity? A lot of people who experience NDEs say, come back saying something like, there is only one being and we are part of it. Does that ring a bell? Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, 100%. Be, yep. Because you know, you know, if say you've got something wrong with your foot, you wouldn't blow it off, would you? It's 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 no. your foot. You you try and understand what's wrong with it, and you try and fix it. And, and um, I think um, Christine Stewart, I can't remember the exact quote, but she wished that everybody would have NDEs because she said if they did, there wouldn't be another war, there'd be no Absolutely. poverty. Um, you know, um, there'd just be love. So yeah, right. Interesting. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. There, there's no way to deny that amount of love after you've experienced it. I even, I, I, when I was at Arthur Finlay, I was sort of quiet about my NDE. And one of my teachers through a reading came through and told me that she knew I had an NDE. Okay. And she said, I don't, uh, no matter what you do after you leave here, you will never be able to deny this. Because no matter how hard you try to deny it, spirit is going to keep coming back to you until you acknowledge it. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, six months after my heart attack, I'm still sitting there wondering what was going on. Why did I have to come back? I know I love my husband and dogs, and but it was so much better over there. We didn't have to put up with this crap. <laughs> you know? We didn't have to put up with any of it. Well, staying in being 
what sane human being would want to come back and put up with this? We were talking about this before um, we went live. Now, if I can find um, uh, Rachel's comment, I know that I can quickly, um, but... but but basically, it's, it's this struggle between wanting to um, to tell people how wonderful it is and also to make sure you, you tell them not don't try and join them too early because yeah. life is <laughs> and laughing away. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've all been there want, want, wanting to, to sort of join the other side sooner. But, you know, life is a gift. Uh, and even the tragic stuff brings brings lessons and brings benefits right. and, and we grow from it. And, right. and it's no good sort of um skipping off early because that doesn't solve anything and we'd only have to come back and learn the damn lessons again My, <laughs> when i looked into this i um over the time my understanding is that we are born because it's a gift that we got um from spirit mm -hmm. to experience life on earth and for us to learn the lesson that lessons that otherwise we wouldn't be able to learn. For instance, they say that angels were never born on earth, unlike, for instance, the ascended masters, right? So, and there is a, a different type of energy and understanding that we are born to live a life. And as Ron was saying earlier on, like with suicide and all of that, that is not an answer. It's, an, it's not an answer because, um, you know, we are born to learn to overcome the challenges um, no matter how tough they are. And hence I go back to saying that when we are in difficulty, the only way to help ourselves is to help others. Yes. Brilliant. You're right. Brilliant. Love that. Absolutely love that. And I, I love the theme as well coming in here about this. Our whole life is a lesson. And I always yes. say with lessons, not every lesson comes wrapped in bows and with puppies. No. You know, no. when you, if you go back to school, I loved maths. I absolutely loved maths. I hated French. <laughs> 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 I just could not get my head around it. And that's a reflection of life, isn't it? Every day we have days off where we just enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. times when we've really got to uh, find our metal. We've got times as well where we excel and reach out that hand. This whole experience is a lesson. And we've got to engage with it. And whatever comes our way, uh, instead of thinking, no, no, go away, I don't want you, just go, okay, you're in my life. What are you trying to teach me? And when you take that approach, actually, a lot of issues fall away. You can handle them a lot mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. Quickly go over to a few comments come in. Um, lovely Jamie Williamson, going. this is going back apart in the conversation. And he's saying there, by their very nature, NDE are sudden and unexpected. So there has not been time for the soul to adjust. Can this be why there is a period of confusion and the blackness is an expression of this? When death is expected, there is a well-documented process of gradual separation of the soul from the body. 
could this be an explanation of the two different states? Thoughts on that, please. Well, the research says that it doesn't matter about people's preconceptions. They don't really uh, affect it. Um, um, You're relating uh, to NDEs, yeah? yeah yes, yeah. yeah. Now, there is some... Um, so if somebody sees um, a divine being, then they'll interpret that uh, as either Jesus or, or uh, Allah or, or Muhammad or whatever. Um, but uh, but I, I, I can't really comment on the first part of that because, because you know, I, well, I've not had one, and, and I don't think people have done enough research into it to find that one out what about um um ron what, what do you think think well again i didn't experience confusion yeah there was no confusion hmm. i knew exactly where i was what was happening everything instantaneously i don't know where the confusion is coming in because there's none. <laughs> the blackness, I think, is the void or the place we go to before we make our decision. Do we want to travel forward or do we want to come back? That's how I interpret it. I think everybody else's interpretation could be a little bit different. But there's no confusion. Um and I don't even think during the gradual separation of the body when when we know we're going to die, I, I don't. I mean, there are theories saying that, like, for the elderly, because they know that they are coming to a natural end, you know, they are like, they come to a state of serenity and acceptance. And as far as people dying from sudden accidents and all of that, um, I understand that they just, um, they, they find themselves sometimes not migrating from the waiting room immediately over to the light because there is a refusal to let go of that sudden change. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think it all has to do with the individual person. You know, if you're afraid of death, is that what you're going to experience? Maybe. I, I mean, I was never really afraid of death before it even happened. I mean, hmm. I wasn't in no hurry to meet my maker. I wasn't <laughs> going to do it, but I was never afraid of death. And I know people who are just terrified of death, just absolutely terrified. But when you go on to an older person and they're sort of expecting it, well, no, I don't think they are because I've been able to communicate with people who were in stage four Alzheimer's. Yeah. Who were on feeding tubes, who yeah. couldn't move out of their bed. They weren't conscious. They weren't. But when I made contact with them, they seemed to not understand what was truly going on because they saw people that passed before them and people that were still here and they weren't really sure where they were. They just realized they were at a big party and they were the guest of honor. Mm -hmm. So 
Does an Alzheimer's patient know she, they're getting ready to pass? I know from firsthand experience when my mother was in the hospital with an uh, uh, Alzheimer's when she was uh, before she was put in a nursing home. I spent the night there one night and I woke up to a noise and I saw this woman, this older woman, sitting on the edge of my mother's bed in a dark sweater with a black and white checkered skirt on. And I knew it wasn't a skirt of this period. It was an older period. I didn't know who the woman was. I saw her cat eye glasses, everything. I never met my grandmother. She died maybe 20 years before I was born. Okay, but I saw my mother reach up in a state of not knowing who anybody was in the hospital, reach up into the midair and said, no, mommy, I'm not ready to go. <laughs> I mean, and then, then after my mother passed and they went through all the family photos, lo and behold, what do I see? But my grandmother standing there in cat eye glasses with a dark sweater with a black and white checkered skirt on. So do they really know? Yeah, I've, I've had two experiences um, with spirit communication with Alzheimer's. One passed, one's still here. Mm -hmm. And that was fascinating. And I also thought extremely comforting, you know, that that spirit is free and unbound and able to communicate, as in, the name was given of the gentleman who is still on the earth plane. Yes. And I just thought, do you know what? There is so much in that. You know, you can lose yourself in a study of that for many years because for the pure compassion to those nearest and dearest of this vision of them being locked inside, actually they're not. It's quite the opposite. They are in a sort of semi-permanent state of NDE. They're on that hinterland. Yeah, their level of travel from one plane to the next with no problems whatsoever. Yeah. You know, I, I remember times where my mother was so very lucid with me. And then a second later, she was seeing somebody else that wasn't yeah. in the room. Yeah. And that, that was something that came to light in the mediumship, and it was confirmed. There was an actual nurse in the congregation. She came up. I said, the description of the spirit was discarnate. I said, it's like I kept leaving my body for longer and longer periods until I just didn't go back. And this nurse said to me after, that makes perfect sense. She said, I work on an Alzheimer's ward. And she said, there is moments of complete lucidity. They're there. And then they're gone again. And I just yeah. thought that is, well, I would find that incredibly comforting. I've not lost anybody close to me with Alzheimer's, but I do know a lot of people have. And a very common thread with everybody is like, you keep losing them every day from our perspective and how terrible is that but getting back to tonight's topic uh tony goswell here just brought out a statement as a teenager i had a similar experiences i think we end 
NDE. Not you haven't got an OBE yet, Tony. I know you're <laughs> yeah. Add to experience, Laurie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's just saying, I understand totally the void being black, but light at the same time. I felt totally at ease, alone, but not alone. I was aware at these times, totally loved and guided. In a way, it was a little like being in space. So, yeah, again, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. It is. It is like being in space. Yeah. The only thing I'm missing is the nebulas, the constellations. And I would have loved to see that. <laughs> we will. Yeah, my little Star Trek Voyager going through, you know? <laughs> We will one day. We will For all you Trekkie fans out there. Ladies, gentlemen, we are drawing to a close here. Um, if I could ask the lovely Daniela, thank you so much for volunteering to come in tonight. So much appreciated. With pleasure. And a pleasure yeah. to meet you as well. Absolutely. I've seen you in Zoom rooms. <laughs> I've seen you here and seen you down there, but I've never actually conversed. So wonderful. Um just a, a short synopsis on the NDE and uh, not the change it has brought about you, just that that wealth of understanding that you've taken from that, you know, because if, if those of us who have never experienced this would be very fearful of an NDE you know having that time we we would be absolutely mortified at the thought that's probably totally the wrong word but you have been there so what would you say to people about you know what was that that core thing that you brought back and gone do you know what I'm really going to work with this Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or indeed, is there one core thing? Is it such apparent, you know, is it such a wide array of things that you're just like, do you know what? I can take it all in. You see, the experience, it's so powerful and overwhelming to us as human beings that can be, it's difficult to find the right words to describe yeah. it. But what brought into me is the knowledge, understanding, but above all, uh, an unshakable faith that we are just uh, passing on earth. We are just experiencing Earth and we are moving on. Mm. And I feel that as mediums, we do exactly that when we pass on messages. Um, but we um, may have different skin, height, weight, but in essence, we are just light. And we are all abs absolutely all the same in the light when we pass over. So, and um, this is, and the power of, of the love, the power, this light power, you know, 
the, the love that you experience is like no other you cannot describe. The only way we can describe it when we come back is just cry. When I think of it, I try not to tap in it at the moment because I would start sobbing probably Absolutely. because it's so powerful. It's so powerful. So just believe, just believe. And if you don't, you know, there will be ways to understand when time comes how powerful it is. Myself and Ron, we were meant to at the time we did because probably we were meant, not probably, we were meant to do what we're doing today. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, to me, having spoken to other NDE people, people experienced, who have experienced it, it's a life-changing experience. Wonderful. And they haven't gone on to becoming mediums, but they have a strong, they've developed a strong connection to spirit. Mm. They can see and they can hear. There is something with the NDE that cannot be explained. It's like a soul calling. It's a soul awakening. Wow. Beautifully, beautifully put, Daniela. Thank you. Very well said. Very well said, Daniela. It was beautiful. Absolutely brilliant. Ladies, gentlemen, thank you so much. Everybody joining us and wonderful comments coming in here from across the world. How beautiful is yes. that? Thank you, um, everyone. Fascinating thank you, everyone. night. Absolutely fascinating. We here at Paul will be back online tomorrow evening where we have a Lyceum night. So the subject will be anything appertaining to spiritualism. And we have a medium talking to us who will be down with us in person in April. Uh, Mr. Bill Rich will be talking. Some of you may have noticed up in the top corner there above Jamie's head, there is a little dedication there. We offer the opportunity here at Paul that if you would wish to remember a loved one, uh, that you can actually sponsor the fees for our online activities, and we will put the dedication up there on the screen. It leaves me now just to say, Daniela, well, you were sat there innocently at home, weren't you, love? Oh, I know, I'll watch this. <laughs> Nothing Thank comes you. by mistake, right? <laughs> You've obviously so meant to be because you yeah. elucidated so many points. Absolutely. You're eloquent. You are charming. You are very perceptive and very knowledgeable. Thank you. Which is something I would love to say about Ron, but sadly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, guess, I guess you can tell we're friends. <laughs> Ron, you know, I love you to bits. I absolutely love you to bits. You're, you're my, back to you. You're my American brother. I have a Danish yeah. brother, a Swedish brother, and now I have an American brother. Yeah. How that? And next play, next winter, you'll have a place to come to for the winter. Oh, fabulous. Oh, God, yeah. I'm on my way now. It's, it's permanently <laughs> in the UK at the moment. And I have Jamie. a mile away from the beach. <laughs> No, I don't go on beaches now. Every time I get on the beach, Greenpeace keep trying to push me back out to sea. 
Jamie. <laughs> Sir, thank you for bringing uh, your access to your research that you've done in this field. And obviously our thoughts are out to Rachel uh, at this time. That's so yeah. hard, so, so hard, but bless her heart. Everybody, thank you all for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and a delight this evening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we wish you all a very good night.